And so if you want to take your Bibles, take your devices, and go to uh, Ruth, chapter number 1. And we are uh, going to be picking this up. We're probably um, going, I'm going to be starting towards the end of chapter 1 of the book of Ruth and sharing. We're going to be talking tonight, as, as I've titled this series, uh, Freedom for All. And we are now, the first couple weeks we went into this and just uh, looking at the story leading up to uh, the main story that was going on. So we looked at how things started and we looked at what was going on in Naomi and the family's life as they then make their journey back to Jerusalem. So we're not going to recap that. You can go check that out on the YouTube side or the old Facebook uh, videos or on the blog uh, and the uh, audio versions, if you would like, you could check those out and catch yourself back up. But starting tonight, we're going to jump into a study on several of the characters that are in the book of Ruth, uh, several of the people that are affected by what is happening during the book of Ruth. And then towards the end of this series, we're going to be looking at, at all of us that are affected by what happens in the book of Ruth. And so um, th- this study, I, I don't know how long we're going to be in this study, but, but there is so much in this small book uh, that we can pull out. And so I encourage you to be reading. I encourage you to be studying uh, the book of Ruth for yourself and and just seeing what the Lord would say to you out of this study uh, because it is an amazing little book and there is so much that are in it. But tonight we're going to be talking about in this concept of freedom for all, we are going to be talking about the character, the person of Ruth tonight. Uh, Now, we're going to be looking later at Naomi, we're going to be looking at Boaz, uh, and then we're going to be moving down to David, and then we're going to be moving to us, and we're going to be moving to the nations. So there's lots that we're going to cover, but tonight, we're going to look actually at the namesake of the book, Uh, we're going to look at Ruth, and I'm going to talk to you about that, that in this idea of freedom for all, I'm going to talk to you about acceptance for Ruth. Because in this journey and in this story that this book uh, captures, Ruth is going to find acceptance. She is going to find acceptance like she has never known acceptance before. She is going to begin to realize a purpose that God has prepared for her. And, And ultimately, that purpose is going to be defined in the son that is born. Obed that is going to be born, but that's going to be down the road. But the journey all along, she is going to find acceptance. And then we are going to bounce a little bit, not just in the book of Ruth about acceptance for Ruth, but we're going to move as we journey through this a little bit into a few different places. So hopefully you're just going to follow along, take some notes, and and I'm believing this is going to give you some things to study about. Even today in my prayer time, the Lord just brought a a fresh thought to my mind as I was studying and praying today that I want want to drop uh, with you tonight. So we're going to talk about acceptance for Ruth. And, and let's look here at Ruth chapter 1. And let's start at verse 19. Ruth chapter 1 and verse number 19. It says, Now the two of them, that's Naomi and Ruth, went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited Because of them. 
And the women said, Is this Naomi? But Naomi said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Uh, the, the title of Mara, the name Mara was bitter. That's what it actually stands for. She said I, in verse 21, I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. And now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. Now, I talked to you last week about the fact that Naomi says, I went out full, had two sons, had a husband, while there had two daughters-in-law, and I've come back empty. And I talked to you about the thought that really, even though that sounds appropriate because of all the loss that has been in her life, the loss of two sons, the loss of a husband, the, the one daughter-in-law that is left to go back into Moab, but, but Naomi was not empty, Ruth had made the choice to come with her. And Ruth had journeyed with her uh, throughout this entire time. But Naomi was not recognizing that. She was caught up in her hurt. So we talked about that last week. So, so just, just make note of that. We weren't able to record last week. And so uh, just, just make note of that a little bit and, and maybe study that out on how to deal with hurt as we talked a little bit about that last week. But tonight, we're going to jump from there. And we're going to now press forward with Ruth for just a little bit. Because what I want to see in this and what I want us to discover in this just to begin with is I want us to discover, first of all, that, that Ruth takes this journey and she is pursuing God's will. That Ruth is taking this journey and she is pursuing God's will for her life. She doesn't know where this is going to end up. She doesn't know what this is going to look like when she gets there. She, she's never been here before. She's never been this way before. She is relying completely upon Naomi. She is relying completely upon what she has heard, what she has been told. But, but she is really throwing herself into the arms of God. She's making this journey, and so she is in pursuit of the will of God for her life. And so the first thing I want to bring out to you is this. When, when you are in prayer, or when you are pursuing God's will, God's plan, and God's voice, first, the first thing you have to do, and we're going to back this up with Scripture in just a moment. So when you're praying and you're in pursuit of God's will, God's purpose, and God's plan, the first thing that you have to do is you have to take captive your thoughts, your imaginations. And we're going to go to some Scriptures to back this up. You have to focus on the Lord. Now for us, this focus is going to look a lot different than it did for Ruth. 
For in Ruth's day, her focus would have had to be be on this concept of what it means to be an Israelite, what it means to to be in covenant with God, and to be one that is brought into um, the family of the Jews. And so Ruth is on this journey, and so this whole journey, she's having to focus upon God. She's having to remain focused because you've got to realize this was not a pleasant journey as we talked about last week. It was a difficult journey physically, but it was also a difficult journey emotionally. How many know sometimes when you are pursuing God's will for your life, when, when you are attempting to, to find out what it is that God is asking of you and what it is that, that God is calling uh, you to do and how to follow Him best, how many know that's not always an easy journey? In fact, it can be a very difficult emotional journey because you don't want to make the wrong moves. You don't want to do the wrong thing. And so, so you, it's very important that in, in, in all moments, but especially in moments that you are pursuing the will of God, it is very important that you remain focused. One thing we see about Ruth is through the entire story, Ruth, of all the other people mentioned in the story... Ruth remains focused. She never loses her focus. She never lets discouragement cause her to lose focus. She never lets Naomi seemingly in some ways turning against her. That doesn't shake her focus. She doesn't allow the fact that when they get there, that, that they don't know what they're going to do. They don't know how they're going to provide, but that, that doesn't cause her to lose her focus. She remains focused on what it is God is wanting from her. And I think that is important for us. When we are searching for God's plan, when we are listening for God's voice, when we are pursuing His purpose in our life, we need to focus. We must stay focused on Christ on His Word, and on His Spirit's moving. You have to remain focused. How many know we live in a world that wants to divide our focus? We live in a culture that it is very difficult to remain focused a lot of times. Because there's so much being thrown at us. So much that that, that we are... are inundated with and covered up with and all of these different things that that it can become very difficult to remain absolutely focused so I want to take you on a journey here for just a little bit and 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 we're going to see where we end up with all of this but I want you to turn in your Bibles with me now go with me to 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 and I'm going to begin reading at verse number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. Here's what it says. We're going to read verses, at, uh, at least verses 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, make note of that, bringing every thought 
into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every, we, when we are in a spiritual warfare, a spiritual battle, to find what it is that God wants for us, to hear God's voice in the midst of the turmoil of our culture, it is imperative that in these moments we take captive every thought, every idle thought. We, we capture those. We cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself above God. That we remain focused. This, I believe, is the key to how Ruth was successful. I really believe this. I believe the key to her success on her journey to finding God's will was the fact that she was able to capture her thoughts and to remain focused. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. Now I want you to turn with me to another scripture. I want you to go with me to the book of Isaiah. The 26th chapter of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 26. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1. I'm just trying to set something up for you and take you to, to a, a, a desired end here. Isaiah 26 and 1 says, in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. It's a song of salvation that's going to be sung in Restoration Day. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Verse 2. Open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. Verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I want you to I want you to think with me as we're talking right now about this this idea that that when we are in pursuit of God's plan, God's purpose, that's what we see in Ruth. As she makes that journey, she's going to follow Naomi. She's going to go back to Bethlehem. Her desire is to find what it is God has for her in this next season of her life. And so she has to remain focused. She has to take her thoughts captive because there would have been many opportunities for her to say, you know what, this journey's too hard. This is confusing. This is difficult. I'm going to go back to what I know. But she didn't. She took her thoughts captive. She remained focused and she pressed on through. And by doing that, we find in the midst of turmoil, Ruth seemingly was always at peace. Because, as Isaiah 26 just told us, that he will keep us in perfect peace if we keep our minds focused on Him. And, and this is important that we get down this road together. Because I want to tell you what we need in our world today. We need the peace of God. We need to be people of peace. We need to be people that, that will, will realize that while we're on this journey, while, while, while the Lord is leading us and guiding us, it may not always be easy. It may not always be clear. We may not have it all figured out. But if we take our thoughts captive, we keep our mind focused upon the Lord, He will keep us in perfect peace. 
you can have peace in the journey if you keep your mind on the things of God. This is, I, I believe this is a cultural issue. We do not teach the importance of keeping your mind on the Lord that we serve. We don't teach the importance of keeping your mind in the Word of God. Keeping your mind on the things of the Spirit. Being mindful of God's plans and purposes at all time. Because if we allow our mind to wander, then we allow all sorts of struggles and anxiety and fear and discouragement and depression and all the negativity and everything. It begins to sweep over us and pretty soon we have lost our focus and then we make bad decisions. See, there's something about Ruth that captures my attention. The whole journey, Ruth makes good decisions. Have you ever thought about that in this story? The whole time. From the very beginning, she makes good decisions. When Naomi says, just go home, she says, no, I'm going to stay with you. When Orpah, her, her relative said, no, I'm going back. Ruth makes the good decision and says, no. I'm pressing on with you, Naomi. I want to see what God has. When Naomi's not talking to her, Ruth makes the good decision to keep going. When, when Naomi ignores her and says to the people, I've come back empty, you, we hear no account of Ruth allowing that offense to cause her to respond. We just see Ruth remaining faithful. She made good decisions. I want to tell you what to help you as a believer. What will help you every day of your life as a believer is if you will stay focused upon the Lord every day when you are challenged to make the wrong decision, if your mind is kept upon the Lord, if, you're, if His peace is guiding your heart, you can make good decisions every day. And daily good decisions will lead you to God's plan and God's purpose for your life. I know we want the end result immediately, but the end result is a part of the process. But the daily decisions are important. If you'll think back through your life, the times of failure were always predated by bad decisions. It didn't just happen immediately. It was a culmination of some bad decisions. Are you all with me? Yes, I've been there and done that. Yeah, and usually those are decisions made not out of the peace of God, not out of the purpose of God, but usually those are decisions we make in our flesh. Because we, we don't see how things could work out, so we take control of the situation. If Ruth would have done that, she would have never made it to the end of this story. Amen. She would have had too many challenges that would have stir, stood in her way. So, so I, I, I see Becky online has, has put on there, Becky Robbins has put on there the World English Bible. says, you will keep whoever's mind is steadfast in perfect peace because he trusts in you. So that perfect peace, you've got to capture your thoughts and you've got to trust God. See, Ruth was trusting God. She was trusting a God that she was new to. She was trusting a process that she didn't have all figured out. 
but she keeps her mind upon the Lord. I think this is, this is something that is so important. You don't have to turn there, but you might want to write down if you're taking notes. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. The peace of God that passes our understanding. Your peace in God is based on your trusting Him. And it's not based on your understanding everything. If the peace of your life is based on you comprehending everything, it's not going to last. Peace has to be in God. has to be in your trust in the Lord. You have to, you have to just give yourself and then you have to take every other thought captive. So Ruth finds acceptance in God's kingdom because, number one, she kept her mind focused. She kept her life focused on pursuing God's will. So you've got to do the same thing. You and I need to live our life this way. We need to, we need to face everything we come up against this way. In, in Isaiah 26, though, the scripture I read to you, I was looking in some commentaries. And one commentary, a commentary on the Holy Scriptures, of, and, and specifically Isaiah, it, it, by Lane, it, it's a commentary that, that I have. And it says, peace is a structure that rests on a good foundation. Settles. It's settled on a solid foundation. It's like a structure that is set on a good foundation. That's where peace comes from. Because it is founded on the Lord. But the fact that peace objectively is founded on the Lord does not exclude the necessity for individuals subjectively to found themselves on the Lord. So let me, so peace is that structure that rests on the foundation of Christ for us. But because peace is there does not negate the fact that we then must make the decision to put our life in Christ's hands. When we do that, we rest in this structure called peace. And then we can live our life to the fullness, fullest for Christ. Amen. Just, just a thought here. And then here's what peace will produce. If you will live your life focused, your mind focused on the Lord, you will walk in His peace and journey in His peace, trusting Him. Peace then, the peace of God, will produce faith, boldness, and completeness. Because I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but in the story of Ruth, Ruth is trusting God. She puts faith in God, and she is bold. Amen? How many many see that? Ruth is a bold character in the Bible. She takes bold actions. She leaves the familiar. She journeys on to a land she's never not been to. She goes to a place to serve a God that she's just coming to know. She's bold. We talk about Abraham, how bold he was in faith to step out of, of all that he had known to follow God's promises. Ruth is the same way. She, she's bold. And the only thing that will give you that kind of boldness for God is to live in the peace of God. 
to know he's in control. And the only way you can do that is to capture the thoughts of your mind and subject them unto the Lord. And then she lives in completeness. She is complete in the Lord. She's willing to do what the Lord asks her to do. So Ruth did this. And then she follows his directions. She leaves the familiar. She moves away from the false. She overcomes her fear. And she leaves failure behind. Amen. That's what she does. Ruth does those things. This story, uh, Ruth's part of this story is her leaving what she was familiar with. Rejecting what was false in her life. Because her old life, the false God worship, she had to reject that. She had to overcome her fears every step of the way. And she had to leave failure behind and keep pressing forward. So if you're looking for acceptance in God's plan and in His purpose for your life, then you have to do those things as well. Amen. We've got to, we've got to live our lives this way. So, then we see her pressing towards acceptance in God and in His plan for her future. Something hit me, and this is the statement in my prayer time, study time today, that I felt the Lord bring into my mind. I wrote it down to share with you tonight. Here's the statement. Unfolding light and truth awakens the deepest sleeper. Now, I'm going to unpack that a little bit. But I was praying... And that statement began to reverberate in my, in my spirit a little bit. Unfolding light and truth. Unfolding light and truth awakens the deepest sleeper. Have you ever been sleeping, sleeping good, and someone opens up the windows or flips on the light in the room you're sleeping in? Anybody? How many know that jars your system a little bit, doesn't it? And even the deepest sleep can be interrupted by the revealing light. And by the truth of what time it really is. Because you have no concept of what time it is. You have no concept of that you're in a deep sleep. You don't know that you're about to oversleep or whatever you're going to do. You're in some deep sleep. But the truth of the time is hit when light reveals, oh no, it's past time. i got to get up. And so even the deepest sleep can be awakened by unfolding light and unfolding truth. So the reason I'm, I said that to you, and I believe the reason the Lord put this in my heart, is because Ruth's journey is a journey of unfolding light and truth. Every step of the way, she's learning something. She's seeing something, and she's being awakened to new possibilities. Can I tell you, if you'll keep journeying with God, if you'll keep pursuing God, then the more light He unfolds in your life, the more truth He reveals to you, the, the more you will begin to see, you'll awaken from your sleep, and you'll begin to walk with Him. I see something in Ruth. I, I see a continuous growth from Moab to Bethlehem through loss through discouragement, to success, to struggle, to complete success. It's an unfolding story. Do you know each one of us, God, is unfolding a story in our lives. He's unfolding truth. 
He's unfolding light. He's revealing to us to awaken us from our slumber and sleep. To awaken faith in us. To awaken trust in Him. And so I, I, I think we need to understand that. So what do we need to do when we are struggling? We need to get more light on the situation. We need to get more truth into our life. How do we do that? Well, we do that in the Word of God. We do that in time spent in prayer and communication with God. So when you're struggling, that is never the time to isolate yourself from God. Confusion is never the time to turn to friends rather than the Word of God. Amen? You always go to the Word first. You always go to God first. Because He can unfold truth and light that will awaken you from your slumber. That will show you the path that you are on. So, Ruth applies these things. Very practical things. But Ruth applies them into her life. And Ruth follows the truth as it's revealed to her. As it unfolds. Without wavering... Because every step she's taking, she's walking in the peace of God. So she doesn't waver. She doesn't falter. She follows the truth as it unfolds because she's living in the peace of God that God's in control. How many believe that could help you on your journey? If you would hear that tonight and apply some of that to your life. So. What is it that God is asking of us? Well, God might be asking of us, and what He's asking of us just might look like what He was asking of Ruth. He might be asking of us to learn to overcome struggles. He might be asking of us to learn to endure difficulty. How many of you know endurance is a biblical concept? There are things in this life that we have to endure. Not everything is answered immediately. Not everything is, is just like that, snap your finger, and everything is just like you want it to be. If you haven't learned that yet, just hold on a few minutes and you'll learn that. It, life, that's not how you have to endure. But they that endure to the end, the Scripture tells us, will be saved. So Naomi, her journey was one of overcoming struggles. It was one of enduring difficulties. And it was a journey of taking risks to make a difference. Amen. She had to step out by faith. What the world would see as taking a risk, she saw as taking steps of faith. The world would say, oh, it's risky to travel from Moab to Bethlehem just with Naomi. The world would say, it's risky to leave everything you're familiar with and go to what you're not familiar with. You may not be accepted when you get there. The world would say, it's risky to go to another person's field and be so presumptuous that you're going to glean grain from the corners of their field. The world would say, it's presumptuous to go in before such a powerful man like Boaz and go in and, and try to ingratiate yourself to him. The world would call all of those risky behaviors. But for Ruth it wasn't risk. It was faith. And she had to take steps of faith to make a difference. If we're going to make a difference for God. We have to be people of faith. We have to be people that can endure difficulties. And we have to be people that can overcome struggles. 
If we cannot, if we are going to be constantly offended, if we are going to be constantly victims, if we are going to constantly be complaining about everything that didn't go our way, we will never make a difference for the kingdom of God. Amen. The Bible is not filled with overcoming people who complained and took offense at everything that happened to them. It is filled with people who learned how to overcome, who learned how to trust God, who learned how to believe in Christ, and who learned how to walk by faith. Amen. So Ruth teaches us some things, and this is how we find acceptance in God's plan for our life. I started to talk to you a little bit last week while we were over in the youth room, and, and I kind of got sidetracked in another direction. But I, we, we talked a little bit about how God pieces everything together. Have you found that in your life, God's plan for your life is usually pieced together? It's, it's not generally beginning to end all complete, and then we just walk right in it. It's usually pieced together. You, you take a step here and then you see this and you take a step there and then you see that. God controlling it all. And when you get to the other side of something, then you can look back and you can see how God had you all the way through it. How God was navigating you all the way through. God pieces everything together in your life. And then He lays it before you and then you have to choose to walk in it. Hear me about, hear me about this. God will never force you to walk in His plan. You have to choose to. He'll never force you to. The Holy Spirit will direct you, will guide you, but the Holy Spirit of God is a gentleman. He will never force you. He'll lay before you every opportunity. He'll show you the path. He'll point you to Jesus. He'll comfort you along the way. He'll guide and direct you through the Word. But He will not force you. You have to make the choice to trust Him that He's got it all pieced together. I, I know we're not only talking about Ruth here, but this is all that Ruth, this is what she teaches us. God was putting everything in her life together. But then, and, and I wrote this down. He won't force us, but He will break the yoke off from us that holds us back. And then He will entice us to follow Him in freedom. So He won't force us. But when we turn to Him, He'll break that yoke of bondage off of us. And then He will entice us to trust Him and follow Him. And if we do, and we walk with Him, then we will be victorious in His plan. We'll find acceptance in His plan and in His kingdom. And there are some things He does for us along the journey. Here, here's one that's very important. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 27. That's a statement that, that Spirit-filled people, we, we use a lot. But it, it's important that prayer is a large aspect of your journey to acceptance in God's plan for your life. You have to pray your way through because that's where you take your thoughts captive. That's where you learn to rely upon the Lord. And as you pray, it's important that not only do you pray from your flesh, but you pray in the Spirit. That's what Scripture teaches. And in Romans 8 and 27, here's why it tells us it's so imperative. Let's go to 26. Romans 8 verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit 
helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. A part of your journey needs to always involve praying and praying in the Spirit. Allowing the Holy Spirit to intercede through you. For He knows what to pray for when we don't. Amen? Have you ever, have you ever went to pray and you're trying to find God's will and God's purpose? And you're trying to find that acceptance in His plan and figure out exactly what it is He's doing. And you just reach some points that you don't even know what to pray for. You got doors in front of you. You got things that you're thinking in your mind, things that you might want to do, things you wish you could do. And you got all that, and you don't even know what to pray for. That's why the Holy Spirit has been given to you. That's a part of the reason. Because then He begins, if we will allow Him to, if we'll take thoughts captive and we'll, we'll live in His Spirit and we'll live in peace and we'll trust in God and we'll, we'll yield to the leading of His Spirit, He will begin to intercede for us. And then God, and, and this is what Scripture tells us, that he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Do you know your flesh can get in the way of the Spirit communicating what you really need? And so there has to be that spirit intercession for you. He's praying. He's pointing you to God. And then the scripture we all use is the next scripture in Romans 8 verse 28. After saying that, then he says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. But in the context of the Spirit interceding for us and through us. Leading us to believe the right things. Ask the right things. Trust God in the right way. Amen. I, I hope this will just, I hope this will resonate a little bit with you. And something that I say tonight will just touch you. Because I, I think as we search for God's plan for our lives, we, we need to keep these things in our mind. And we need to press through this. Ruth teaches us these things. God then pieces all things together and leads us and shows us all that he has for us, just like he did for Ruth. Let me go to one more scripture, and then I'm going to give you some points about Ruth. Psalm 139, verse 1. Psalm 139 and verse 1. It says, O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. And you are acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before. You, and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. The psalmist is saying, God... 
you know everything about me. You know every word, every thought. You know everything you have for me. I can't attain it, but you can lead me to it. If I will trust you and believe you. If I'll rely upon you and lean upon you. And I see all of these things at work in Ruth. And she journeys to the acceptance in God's plan. Now, let me give you a couple things that Ruth does. And, and then we'll close for tonight. On this journey, in the world's eyes, Ruth does nearly everything wrong. But it is right in God's eyes. Watch, watch this. Because I, I, she, she doesn't, she's not acting in her flesh. She's not, she's not acting according to the world's ways or the world as she knows system. She's trusting God. So here's what we see her doing. She travels with Ruth, with Naomi. Chapter 2 of verse 1 in Ruth. They get to Bethlehem. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, go, my daughter. First words recorded by Ruth after it says she quit talking to her. By Naomi says, go, my daughter. So let me let me give you a couple things that I see here about Ruth. Because in the world's eyes, she would, should have never succeeded because she didn't go about it the right way. She didn't force her way to the top. But here's what she does. And hopefully we can find ourselves in this. She appeals to God's path for her life by pushing through reject, rejection. And she finds acceptance. So she pushed through the rejection. I'm not going to stay long there. We've already covered that. She pushes through the rejection of Naomi and finds acceptance. She finds God, God's path and pushes through. Second thing. She appeals to God's purpose by making herself a servant. And she finds acceptance in God's kingdom. Ruth makes herself a servant of Naomi and later will become, at the beginning, a servant in the field of Boaz. She, she's going to find, she's going to appeal to God's purpose. God, if you have a purpose for me, I'm going to make myself a servant. Now, let me know that's backwards in the world's eyes. Because if you're going to get ahead in this world, you don't, you don't make yourself a servant. You push yourself to the forefront. But that's not what Ruth does. Ruth says, I'm just going to be a servant. Even if I'm mistreated, I'm just going to be a servant. Because I'm leaning upon God. The peace of God is driving me. I want the purpose of God in my life. So I'm going to make myself a servant. I'm going to serve you, Naomi. Please let me go to the field. Let me try to make some sort of way for us. Please let me serve you. What? If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you got to be a servant of all. That's what the scripture tells us. That's what Jesus taught us. If you want to succeed in God's kingdom, you got to learn to serve people. 
And that servanthood is not based on whether they accept you or reject you. It is based on your relationship with Christ. Because sometimes you'll make yourself a servant of people and they'll reject you. They'll, they'll treat you poorly. They'll overlook you. Amen. They won't reciprocate the, the love you've shown them. And then you have a choice. You either get offended. You either take offense. You either turn away. Or you choose to appeal to God's purpose for your life. And you just keep serving. Ruth teaches us keep serving. Yes. She's going to honor her. She's going to keep serving. She's honoring Naomi by continuing to serve. Third thing, she appeals to God's path by pushing through rejection. She's going to keep walking with him. She appeals to God's purpose by making herself a servant. She appeals to God's provision by revealing she has a need. Hmm. Because she says to Naomi, let me go to the field. Let me glean in this field. Perhaps I'll find favor. But Naomi, we've got a need. We've got to have a way to eat. We've got a need. And so rather than live in pride, she reveals she has a need. You know what she does? She goes to the field of Boaz. She finds the, them harvesting in the field, gleaning in the field. She doesn't go with them. She stays behind them. And whatever little bit is left, she just comes in and she just begins. She's showing them she has a need. And let me let me share scripture with you because this this I think will will enlighten this just a little bit. Verse three, Ruth two, verse three. Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, "The Lord be with you." And they said, "The Lord bless you." Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers. Whose young woman is this? Who is Ruth? That's who he's asking about. And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. She put her need out there. She said she she did not live in pride. She didn't act like she had it all together. She put her need out. She was pursuing God's provision by recognizing she had a need and she had to do whatever God leads her to do to see that need met. Do you know sometimes we miss the will of God for our life because we will not acknowledge we have need? We want to act like we have it all together. We want to act like we got it all under control. We want to act like that, that boy, we're on top of the world and everything's just moving forward. But Ruth didn't do that. Ruth, Ruth went, humbled herself. She went as a servant. And then she went and everybody knew she had a need. She's trying to take care of her mother-in-law. She's doing what she can. She makes them aware. And then she appeals to God's plan for her life. By using what was left for her. Amen. Because in Ruth 2 and verse 8, then Boaz said to Ruth, 
You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? See, it wasn't, a, it wasn't an easy thing. She could have very easily gotten taken advantage of. He said, I've commanded them not to touch you. And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. And so she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? And Boaz said, it's been reported to me all you've done for your mother-in-law, but you're even showing it more now. And then Boaz goes to them and he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to leave handfuls on purpose. So that this Moabitess can go and pick up all that she has need of. And Ruth labors in the field picking up what was left for her. Can I, can I say something to you? She did not despise what was left for her. She picked it up and used it. And in that, she finds God's plan. The Bible says, do not despise the days of small beginnings. See, we, we, we are... We, we are so in our mindset, we're so proud and so arrogant a lot of times. We don't want to bring ourselves to these kind of endeavors. Well, I, I don't want to lower myself to just pick up a few things here and there, but it was what was left for her. Do you remember what God said to Moses? God said to Moses, what's in your hand? I've put what's in your hand, use that. If you want to find God's plan for your life, use what he's left for you. And then he'll give you more. Amen. Do what he asks you to do. Be obedient in the small things. And then he'll give you more. If you can learn. To be obedient in the small things. He'll make you a master over great things. Amen. Ruth. Finds God's path, God's purpose, God's provision, and God's plan. And the last thing I'm going to say is then she appeals to God's promise. By being obedient, faithful, humble, and honoring those God has put in her life. She goes in before Boaz. She goes back to Naomi, tells Naomi the story, and Naomi says... Okay, here's what you do. All of a sudden, you see this bitter woman. She gets some life in her. We'll see that next time about Naomi. She gets some life in her, and she says, hey, there's hope here. Here's what you do. You go in. You spread yourself out over his feet, and you put yourself in his place, and you just wait to see what he's going to say to you. And Ruth obeys, and she humbles herself, and she's obedient, and she's faithful, and she finds God's promise and because she finds God's plan, his path his purpose his provision his plan and his promise she produces freedom for everyone in this story
do not think that you are not on a journey much like Ruth was. God's path, path for you and plan for you and purpose for you, promises for you and provision for you can be just as powerful in your life and all that you touch as hers was. But you got to push forward to find acceptance in God's kingdom. Amen.